and I have made a sheet that everyone can have one on really what prayer is because the scripture that you have read especially in Philippians give us really this commandment of prayer to pray for the will of God in our life and I can only pray for something when I know what God's will is in the circumstances you see it's not pie in the sky only that you pray some sentences you need to pray intelligently you see God gave us a brain God gave us the word of God and we can see what is happening around us and I believe we live in one of the most amazing days of world history because the world has changed since October the 7th and I believe there was a release of satanic powers and we can see that people believe the lie or not willing to be objective and weigh out the evidence and that is what Isaiah really says he said and later they say that evil is good and good is evil and today sometimes you can talk with some of the woke people and they have no common sense you give them the evidence and they still don't accept the common sense and we need to understand what God's word really says about it and when we read it especially the scripture in Philippians on the prayer when he said rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice that is a mark of a true Christian that we can in the time of suffering in the time of persecution in the time of uh, isolation in a time we can still rejoice in the Lord well the reason is because we are grounded in the truth through the word of God because we need to remember that the only perfect thing in this world which is not tainted with sin is the word of God when yeah. we believe that the Bible is not containing the word of God we believe the Bible is the word of God we can't pick and choose we have to take every scripture as God inspired that the Bible said when then he says Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. You see, also when I disagree with a person, I don't hate the person. Or when I don't disagree with a person, that I slander him. I will tell them the truth and I will not hold back. And will show them how foolish is what they believe. But I will be gentle and have a spirit of love and understanding behind it. Because they are deceived. Because the Bible said we are not wrestling against flesh and blood in Ephesians. We are wrestling against principalities and power. When Satan knows the time is running out, he tried to stir up as much havoc as he can. And you see, you need to understand that a person don't know the word of God, they will be shaped by the media. And we know that BBC is not always very fair or other CNN or whoever it is, that we need to filter what we hear, what we see on the word of God. And you need to understand, especially it's now as church, we have to take a stand on Israel. We have, we don't be politically, we are biblical. 
when the Bible makes very, very clear, very, very clear that whoever bless Israel will be blessed. And we can bless Israel the best way is through prayer. <coughs> you see, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not politically. And we know Israel is not yet saved. They're not generated. They're at the moment coming back into the land in an unbelief. And they make mistakes. They do things wrong. But we need to see the overall divine purpose of God. Because when we know what God's will and God's purpose is, we understand what is really going on. And we know that Israel is the most moral nation on the planet. When in Second World War, the Allied forces have not dropped down leaflets and said, in 24 hours we'll come and attack you. Israel do it because they love also the Palestinian, the innocent Palestinian people. And we need to understand what our response is in prayer and in gossiping the true. When the Bible make it very clear that the only nation on the planet which was chosen by God in a supernatural divine way, which the whole history of this nation is laid out beforehand, what we call prophecy, is the nation of Israel. He could choose the French, the German, the Americans, but because we know Israel and Jerusalem is in the center of the world, the land, and all the other nations are put around. That is the reason why God said he had chosen them. And the main scripture which God really gives us in Deuteronomy, what we need to understand what God really says about it, is that we can't fight against God's personal choice for he said for you are a holy people to the Lord your God the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself a special treasure above all peoples in the face of the earth the Lord did not set his love on your choose you because you were more in number than any other people for you were the least of all the people But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep his oath, which he swore to your father, the Lord has brought you out of the mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Therefore know that the Lord your God, his God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandment. That is about God's supernatural divine choice. And there's different events in history which God has predetermined. That means although we can't pray against the coming of Jesus or a people in the past couldn't pray that the Messiah will not come. We can't pray against the cross. We can't pray against different events which God has predetermined in Scripture. The return of Christ, that the whole number of, when the whole number of Gentiles comes in, whole Israel will be saved. That God, we can't pray against it when God has scattered the Jews because they disobeyed them, sent the sword behind them, and regathered them in the last generation, the Bible said to the land of Israel and we know that this generation is running to the end that we know from the time of 70 AD 
when God destroyed the temples for the Romans, and then was again the Bacopa revolt in 134 to 136, where the Jewish people came back and tried to push the Romans out, that they were completely crushed. And then the land was renamed Palestinia according to the arch enemies of Israel and the Philistines. And the Philistines, they were not Arabs, they were Greeks because they came from Greek over to gather to settle down in this area. They were Greeks or not Arabs. And from the time of 100 36 AD until 1948, the land was called Palestinia, and everyone who lived in this area was called a Palestinian. Like the Jewish Symphony Orchestra was called the Palestinian Symphony Orchestra. The Turks, which have controlled the land for 400 years, which lived in the land and ruled the land, were called Palestinians. Then people from the Crusaders, which stayed, and lived there were called Palestinian. Although there was never a Palestinian race, there were never a Palestinian state, there were never a Palestinian flag one day in the history of the world. It started with Yasser Arafat when he started the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. And we see today the lie is so strong that they promote that Israel have kicked them out. There was always a Jewish present. In the same way, we have this lie today in the schools about evolution, that evolution is not only a theory, it's now fact, when the reality is there's more evidence for creation than evolution. And people want to believe the lie, because anyone who has a little bit common sense and can see the evidence that nothing can't come out of nothing, huh? mm-hmm. it make no common sense. Or when you see the big names, when they found only a few days ago some dinosaur bones, and then they put millions of years on it. And people can't prove that it's so long. And we know from Scripture, when we trust the Bible, that this earth is only 6,000 years old. Because we can see it from the ages of the people which are mentioned in the Bible. And we can count them together. And ministries like Answers in Genesis do great job in giving us this evidence when we want to know it. We live today in a time, I remember I open air, I always meet people, a lot of woke people, and I only said, okay, then I show them some DVDs, that is a great thing on YouTube, and you can show wonderful teaching DVDs to people, and when people are open-minded and said, okay, I weigh out the evidence, then God can work in their life. But we need to be willing. In the same way for me, when I was a Roman Catholic and became a Christian, I needed to make a choice. Do I want to believe my church or do I want to believe the evidence which I saw what the Bible actually teach to be born again, to have a relationship with God? And that is really the important thing that we are Willing, and you can see it also in evangelical churches that can come and counterfeit gospel in because we don't worship or don't follow the preacher. We need to scrutinize them by the word of God, whoever it is, although how big his name is. And you have a lot of big names now which promoting theistic evolution in the church, which is a lie. 
when they're in other areas very good. But we have the moral responsibility to God to scrutinize every person. You have the moral responsibility to scrutinize me, me, but I say with the word of God. And you have the responsibility to come back and say what you said was wrong because of the word of God. And I love people which put me right when they can prove it from the word of God. But most people follow more what they hear and they don't look into it. Is it really true? And that is the reason why the Bible said, when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that those who love thee, Jerusalem, will prosper. That is because only born-again Christians will later stand in the gap for God's divine purpose. Only born-again Christians would support Israel because the other ones are in the kingdom of darkness under the control of Satan in their mind. They they take only the things what they see. They don't understand the spiritual dimension behind it. And we as Christians have a responsibility to stand on the word of God and ask God, what do you say about this? And we want to prosper. And we can prosper in the time of difficulty and anxiety. That is the reason why in Philippians he says, that we, when we as Christians really follow the instructions God gave us in the Word, that we can also in the time where things are really tense and anxiety is around us, where God said 365 times in the King James Bible, do not fear. And the purpose behind it, I believe, is that God said, don't worry, I'm sovereign. I can protect you supernaturally. I will protect and provide for you also in times of difficulty. Like people are completely anxious about how they can pay the bills, how the bills go up, how can they buy enough food to feed them, how can they put the heating on and pay the bills. And we as Christians don't need to fall into this trap of fear. We should be responsible with the resources God gave us. The meaning is not have the heating on and windows open or different other things, but people do sometimes stupid things. But we should be responsible with what God has given us, the resources, because they don't belong to us. We are only stewards. We have to channel them. Is it money, our gifts, our influence? We have to use them for the purpose of the kingdom of God. And God always gives us more. And it's amazing always how God provides for us. But we have to have this principle, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But then he said, yeah, let your gentleness be known to all men. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. And we can see that we have entered yet now a time period what I believe the last of the last days, that God's return, the rapture is at the, is at the door. We can see things is now positioned itself and can't be turned back. You see, something is now released in the Middle East, what you can't stop. It's impossible. It's impossible to stop. 
And the Bible makes it very clear on one interesting scriptures also, because sometimes we're so taken by secular humanism that we say, oh, all oh, these poor people and this kind of thing. But we need to see behind it. Over a thousand people, thousand men of the so-called civilians went over, raped and killed Jewish people. We need to see the facts. No one was demonstrating when nearly two million Christians were slaughtered in Sudan. No one was saying anything when Saudi Arabia killed over 700,000 Yemenis. And all these kind of things, we need to understand there is a satanic power behind it that was organized from beforehand because you wouldn't be able to pull it out all over the world at the same time when that people joined. And there is a very interesting scripture in Isaiah 60, verse 18, which Netanyahu was quoting in the United Nations. He said, violence shall no longer be heard in your land and on your borders, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders, but you shall call your world salvation and your gates praise. And the word for violence is Hamas in Hebrew. Although we can say God will deal with the problem. That's the reason I'm not worried about the Jewish people. I'm not worried about Israel. I'm more worried about the people which try to fight against God's purpose. We believe that God will overrule in the whole situation. And we know from Ezekiel 38 and 39 before this invasion can come, which is probably short before the rapture or short after, is that Israel need to dwell in safety without walls before the invasion comes. That means other things will be dealt with very soon. And then there will be real peace for a short time period. Because otherwise Ezekiel 38, 39 can't be fulfilled. That's a fact. And that is the reason why we read and see what the Bible said, not what the confusion which Satan brings. You see, where people are anxious and what is happening. We need to see what scripture said. Because the Bible said that Israel will dwell in safety in Ezekiel 38 before the Russian Islamic invasion is into Israel. And there are in three, ma- three countries specifically which are the leaders. is Russia, Iran and Turkey. And we see they're now melting together as a unity force and Libya, and Yemen, and later uh, Sudan. And we can see all these things are position itself. Many times people say in America, when you see Thanksgiving, you know Christmas is around the corner. And we see today, everything is positioned itself in front of us, that we know that the time is at hand. And that is the reason why we as Christians should be not much more be controlling ourselves, how we spend money, what we're doing, and bring it all into the kingdom of God. Bring it all into the house of God, into the church, because God has also divinely chosen the church as a vehicle to reach people with the gospel. Like when you move to a new town, the first thing that you do is you're looking around for a church. And then you see the church buildings, and you go to the service, listen to it, and then you feel that is the place where God wants me to be. 
God have chosen the church as a vehicle for believers to meet up and to glorify him. And that is the reason why he said that his praise will be exalted amongst the congregation, the believers. And we need to learn from each other. And that is the reason why Philippians is so important that we have this attitude. Because then he said later, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When you want to live a life in peace, in with a purpose, then you should bring all your anxiety before God in prayer. That's the reason why prayer meetings are so important. <coughs> And one of the greatest prayer movements in history was in Germany, short after the Reformation, by the Moravians, by Ludwig Graf Zinzendorf, who, where all the Christians which were persecuted by the Catholics, came together, and there was a lot of disharmony, because some were Lutheran, some were Calvinist, some were Anabaptist, and they had secondary issues of different opinions. And then he said, and then he used also part of the scripture, that we show, should show our gentleness to each other, to agree to disagree in secondary issues. But the key was, and he said, always look to the cross. Always look to the cross. And then they started a 24-7 prayer movement, which lasted over 100 years, nearly 120 years. And they sent out missionaries to all the parts in the world, especially to the West Indies. That's the reason why the West Indies are so strong Christian, because of the Moravians. They sold themselves into slavery to evangelize the slaves, the Moravians. They went to Lapland and other places, and they had a 24-7 prayer support that people committed themselves and said, I pray for two hours, I pray for one hour, I pray for four hours, whatever it was. <coughs> and they had, then they were breaking through amazingly because prayer can do more than any physical activity. And God has chosen prayer as a vehicle that is the reason why all the missionaries, is it Alistair and me, Birmingham City Mission, we need mostly the prayer support because we meet some really nasty characters on the street. And we need sometimes supernatural protection. We meet people which are really searching and open and deceived. We need to have wisdom to say the right thing. Although through this, we need prayer support. It is so important. And the second thing is also we can, through prayer, pull down demonic strongholds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see? We can raise up people maybe which can oppose the evil, what is happening in society. And we know that Christianity is a blessing for any culture, any society. Also when people are nominal Christians, they still accept the Christian value system. That's the reason why probably 40, 50 years ago, you didn't need to lock the door 
straight away from your car that you needed from the house that you was afraid that someone goes in and empty the whole place. And now today, because people have no Christian value system, they live for now, but you can get out of it, you get it. That we need to understand Christianity should alone what God has written in his book. And the same is in Israel. Man, you need to remember that before the attack came, Israel was taken over by the liberals. It was nearly torn apart, the country. And when we see that after this attack, what an increase of Jewish people turning to the Messiah, rabbis, religious Jews, liberal Jews, turn to a living faith and becoming Messianic Jews who are very open towards it. When we see how many Muslims are turned during the last few weeks to Christ because they're against the atrocities, because they're human beings, they're conscious. And they realize when that is from God, I don't want to know it. When they come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it's amazing testimony on YouTube when you try to look for yourself. Amazing what God is doing in the Muslim world. And Brother Andrew said that nearly every day, 65,000 Muslims turning to Christ. And we can see that is a change. God is bringing the last harvest in. And the Bible said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh in the last day. And we see the church is growing faster than any other time in history worldwide. We many times live in our little corner and we see people which had Christianity and at all times the opportunity to respond to the gospel have hardened their hearts so far, like Pharaoh later, where God said, it's enough is enough. And God used sometimes judgment as a way to give a wake-up call. I mean, we know by the flood, God destroyed humanity because they were so evil. There was such an incarnation of wickedness. We can see by Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a time where God said, enough is enough. And we see that we now moving into this time where God said, enough is enough. Yeah. You see, and we need to wake up because we are so, the church is so filled with secular humanism that we're always more looking for the well-being of the person in the physical way or not seeing that a person without Christ will eternally perish in hell. Eternally. Do we really have a burden for the many people which we know, friends, family members, which don't know Christ? Do we really crying in prayer for their souls? Because one day, we will stand before Jesus and we will give an account. And I know the time goes soon and I've made you a leaflet made some ideas about prayer. What really prayer is all about. And the middle one especially, what is prayer? And that is from uh, John Bunyan. Prayer is a response to God and then entering into a relationship with him. Prayer and scripture are connected to each other in a special way. Our efforts to pray, to enter into and remain in a relationship with God, need to have their roots in the Bible, is more than just a guide for our prayers or a collection of texts that can help us to pray. It contains the word of God to which prayer is our response. And that's John Bunyan. And he was many years of his life in prison for his Christian faith. And these people really went through 
when the first part is speaking about some parts, something in in the world is predetermined by God, we can't pray against it, and some is where the open space is that through our prayers we can bring differences. We can influence people because the Bible says God don't want that any should perish, that all come to the knowledge of Christ. God wants to save every person, but they have a free will, they need to respond. You see, I can only bring a person to a horse to the water, but they need to drink. And I can share the gospel and help people to understand what the gospel is, but they personally need to repent and respond. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I finished with a poem which I read in the past. My friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you are to blame somehow. On earth I walked with you by day and never once did you show me the way. You knew the Savior's true and glory and never once did tell me his story. My mind then was very dim. You could have led me safe to him. Though we lived together here on earth, you never told me his second birth. And now I stand before eternal hell because of heaven's glory you did not tell. And you don't want a later people standing in front of you and would say this. When you had the opportunity, because many times we don't say it because we are shy or we don't want people to judge us, you see? But it's better a person judge you and say all things because later people will thank you that you were willing to go the extra mile to show them the love. And sometimes in different ways to break through is as a reason I encourage people to get a good Christian book, maybe for one person, what you have on your mind, which is not a Christian yet. But people many times they say thank you very much in Christmas time. I give it all this to my neighbors next door. No one the door said is from Chris is I'm a Christian and I would like to give you something about Christianity though about Christmas. And most people say thank you very much and close the door. We don't know what God is doing in their heart. Mm-hmm. But when we don't do it, mm-hmm. they will never know. Mm-hmm. You see. You can't, people say always, oh, you, I live out Christianity. But when you don't open your mouth, they will never know what the gospel is. Because the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for your sin according to scripture. That he was buried and rose again according to scripture. You see? And we need to give clear a presentation. You see? Because a lot of people know, oh, Jesus is a savior, or Jesus is a historical person, but they don't know what it means personally for them. And we need to tell them, you need to be born again. We need to say that Jesus said, I am the way, the true, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the great Apostle Paul said, salvation is found in no one else. Not in Buddha, not in Allah. Not in anything else except in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is what the message, what the apostle preached. That is what Jesus was preaching. He said, I am. He used always the name of God. He never compromised. He loved people. He had compassion. But he never watered down the message. And we have to say the same thing. Take it or leave it. Because one day you will stand before God and you will give an account of your life. 
And I encourage you, because when we really have the fear of the Lord and really put God first and say we love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with our whole being, and our neighbor as ourselves, then we tell them the truth. In the same way when, you, when a person has cancer or a person has AIDS, you want to give them the medicine which can heal them. You wouldn't hold it back. When you have the medicine, you know it will heal them. You would go and, also when they say, oh, I don't want to take medicine, say, take it or you will die. And in the same way, we have a medicine to the greatest sickness, what is sin. That is the blood of Jesus Christ who cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. Let us be bold and say, we want, like in Philippians, we rejoice, we not be anxious or afraid about things around us, and we will pray that God will break through. When the Bible says that you know, when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because that's God's will, that's God's divine purpose, then we will be blessed, we will prosper. Whatever that means, spiritual blessing, it can be emotional, physical blessing, it can be financial blessing, it doesn't matter what it is, but God will provide for our need. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that we don't need to be anxious about anything, but in all things we can bring it before you with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. And Father, we thank you that you are a prayer-answering God, that you can't lie, you can't contradict your word. Father, we thank you that we have your word, what is true, and Father, we want to give you all the glory and honor that you sent Jesus, that we can know that our sins are forgiven, that we can have this eternal security in Jesus Christ, that nothing will separate us from the love of God. Help us also today have a burden and love for the people around us which live in spiritual blindness. And we thank you for this church. We thank you for yesterday for all the blessing and fellowship we was able to have. And we thank you for the many people which came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior through this church. Amen.